So she stood up courageously in front of the whole group and shared her dream, which was to become a lawyer, make lots of money, to be able to fulfill her passion of being an actress and acting in the evenings and the weekends. It's Julie, and welcome to the Corporate Yogi Podcast. Did you know that identifying core beliefs and shifting them is one of the most common techniques that I use with clients? It is. It really, really is. See, because we all have core beliefs, we do. Most of them were developed at a very young age, often by the age of seven. And in these early years, we're not only in a physical growth spurt, we're in a learning growth spurt. We are taking in and absorbing everything around us. We're like giant storage units when we come into this world, right? We have all these compartments and drawers to fill up. We're hungry for data. And once our core beliefs are established, then we spend the rest of our years on this planet living our lives and creating circumstances that will help us live out those beliefs to bring them into fruition, to prove that they are true. For example, if you're choosing between two different job offers, one that was, mm, let's say, a safe choice, it was well within your comfort zone and you were fully qualified to do it, and then the other job offer seemed way too good to be true. It was more risky, but it was doing work that you really loved and it paid more. It paid 30% more than what you're making right now. So if you have a core belief that you can't make good money and do what you love, then you might find yourself opting for option one, for the safe choice, because it makes you feel more comfortable and you know what to expect. Now, what's going on here is that your core belief of I can't make good money and do what I love will override your desire of what you really want to do, and it will cause you to make a less empowered decision. The second job offer might seem riskier to you, but is it really riskier or does it just feel riskier because it's challenging one of your core beliefs? This is clearly a battle between the head and the heart. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, no one would ever turn down their dream job because of a belief, Julie. And I'm here with a daily dose of tough love to tell you that yes, oh yes, they would. And they do. I see it happen all the time. I watch people step away from opportunities because the opportunity contradicts their core beliefs. The thing is that it goes unnoticed because for us it happens subconsciously when it's our beliefs. And then our saboteurs, our good friends the saboteurs, step in and they give us these seemingly logical excuses or considerations that lead us to make the less empowered choice. So, Welcome to this two-part podcast series on shifting your beliefs. I am so glad that you are investing in yourself today and learning how to do this. 
So what's involved in shifting your beliefs? Well, there are two steps or two processes that you need to learn to shift your beliefs. In this first episode, today, you will learn the first process, which is called belief mapping. Now, this helps you get clear on what your core beliefs are in all different areas of your life. Then in the next episode, I will teach you the second process, which is called belief laddering. And this is where you learn how to shift your current belief to one that is more empowering, which will help you to say yes to that dream job that you've always wanted. Now, both of these processes that you're about to learn, they are proprietary, which means there's something that I've developed over the years that I've worked with clients. So if you've never heard of them before, don't feel bad. There's no way that you would be able to know what they are or understand them. Unless, of course, you've been working with me recently and we've done this process together. So here you are on the cutting edge of personal growth and development. Pretty cool, huh? I'm really glad you tuned in to catch this episode, to join me for the series, because this is powerful work, deeply soul-changing, life-impacting work. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today in part one of this series. First, I'm going to explain why it's so important to know what our core beliefs are. Second, I'm going to distinguish between facts and beliefs. In the third segment, you will learn the process of belief mapping. And then in the fourth segment, I will teach you step-by-step how to do belief mapping for yourself right now, okay? So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? So it's really important to understand our core beliefs because they are deeply held assumptions that we make about ourselves, about others, and about the experiences we have in the world. And because they are so deeply entrenched into our thinking, they have a really big influence on how we live our life, how we act, and also how we don't act or can't take action. Our core beliefs act as our operating system, or our OS, running in the background. And I want you to understand this by thinking about your phone and how your phone works. So when you use your phone every day, you typically interact by using all the apps, either ones you've downloaded or possibly they were pre-configured on your phone when you got it. Now you might not think of it often, but your phone also has an operating system running in the background at all times. You can't use your apps unless you have an operating system. Now you don't turn it on every day, it just runs. Now this is essentially how your core beliefs work. They're in the background, facilitating your life, your identity, every single day. Whether they're powerful beliefs that are going to allow you to do courageous things, or they might be limiting beliefs that hold you back from doing things that you really want. Most of our beliefs about life were developed in our formative years, often by age seven. Then as we get older, we continue to add to our core beliefs throughout life. Now it's important to point out that we don't always get to choose our core beliefs and decide, hmm, is this a belief I wanna add to my operating system? No, often not, especially when we're little. We don't get to choose. We don't even understand the process of what's going on. 
right? We just observe an experience. And then from that experience, we extract a belief about life. And then that gets added to our OS. Now, back to the phone metaphor and your operating system. You don't even likely spend time thinking about your operating system, do you? Just maybe once in a while when there are upgrades that are pushed out to you. So what you do likely do is spend time on those apps, right? Every time you pick up the phone, you're using an app. Now the apps are what allow you to interact with your phone on a daily basis. The apps represent our daily activities, our life goals. Think of it as having a different app for a different aspect of your life. So there would be an app that represents your career, an app that represents your relationship with money, an app that represents your health. And the performance of these apps depends on what type of operating system or set of core beliefs you are currently running. So question, are we stuck with the operating system that we established as a seven-year-old? Absolutely not. And that is exactly what we're here today to do. We are on a mission to determine exactly what your core beliefs are. Then we will work on shifting the ones that don't serve you. Question, are all core beliefs negative? Absolutely not. Most people have a mix of empowering and disempowering beliefs. What we want to do is make them all conscious so that we know what we're working with here. I find it really empowering to reveal the positive core beliefs in your life because then you can look at those areas of your life and often, I'm using air quotes here, often those tend to be the areas of your life where you are thriving easily, effortlessly, just naturally, because underneath it all, you have really positive beliefs. All right. And that's what we're striving for. We're striving to have all of your beliefs shift to be as empowering as possible so that you can live a life that is most efficient and most effortless. All right. Let's recap what you just learned. So core beliefs are deeply held assumptions that we make either about ourselves, about others, or about the world. Our core beliefs act as our operating system or our OS that is running in the background of our life. And in order to upgrade our OS, we need to figure out what these core beliefs are that are running in that operating system program. And this is exactly what you're doing in this episode. Hey, you want to know something that I do with my clients that is really, really annoying? Now, I know it's annoying because whenever I do it, they always like let out a big sigh and roll their eyes and have that, I know, I know, Julie look on their face. So whenever they're in a really stuck place and I think that they have a perfectly good reason that they have convinced themselves why they can't do something or why they can't take action, I ask them if that thought is a fact or a belief. Julie, I can't change jobs right now. I have three small children at home that I need to support. Hmm, interesting. Is that a fact or a belief? You see how annoying that is? But it's a great thing to do because we all need to start building that muscle of questioning ourselves. 
And truthfully, whenever I ask that question, they don't even have to answer the question because they know what the answer is. They know that they're trying to pass something off as a fact to me when really it's a belief. So facts and beliefs. Sometimes it can feel like a slippery slope or a tricky distinction, but it is an important one, especially when we're talking about your mindset. Like it or not, our beliefs create our reality. We need to understand what they are so that we know what we're working with. And having this intelligence about what we believe helps us to troubleshoot any area of our life where we might be struggling. And what is a belief, really? Well, a belief is just a thought that we keep thinking over and over and over again. Until we think it long enough, it mutates into a fact for us. And then it becomes part of our operating system or our inner script. And with these core beliefs in our operating system, if we think about them long enough, we start to believe that they're facts about the world. So let me prove this to you. So we all know that the world is round. Well, I mean, most of us know that the world is round. There's a few flat earthers out there who choose not to believe it. But for the most part, I know that you and I believe that the world is round. Now, there was a time in history when the majority of people thought that the world was flat. Explorers actually had concerns about sailing too far in one direction for fear that they might actually fall off the edge of the earth. It was a belief at the time that the earth was flat and enough people believed it that it became true. It became a fact. Now, this is a danger with a lot of lack thinking in our society, either around having enough money or around how much success you're allowed to have in life. If enough people think these thoughts and live by these thoughts and share these thoughts and invest energy in perpetuating these thoughts, then these limiting beliefs not only add to our individual operating system, they start to take shape in our collective consciousness. And then as a society, we start to believe them to be true. And if we all believe them strong enough, then they start to become facts to us and they become part of our culture and social awareness. Then we develop proof points to back them up. A great example is the creation of the archetype of starving artist. I'm sure you've heard it. Maybe you even use it and perpetuate it. But the belief is that if you want to make it as an artist, you're going to have to sacrifice financial abundance because you won't be able to make a lot of money as an artist while you are still alive. Now, enough people believe that and embedded it into their own operating systems. Then it started to take root in our collective consciousness. And then we made it true by creating this archetype of starving artists. It's now part of our cultural landscape. Now, I want to share a story with you. Years ago, when I was hosting a workshop here downtown Toronto, it was typically a workshop I hosted for professionals that worked in the downtown core. But this particular uh, person joining us was one of my yoga students. So she was on the younger side. She was just finishing up her high school and deciding what to do for her career. Now she was courageous and shared her vision of what she really wanted to do in life. Her goal was 
to get into law school, become a lawyer, make a ridiculous amount of money, and then that would facilitate her doing what she was really passionate about, which was focusing on her acting and modeling career. Now, I asked her if acting and modeling are what she really, really wants to do in life, then why didn't she just consider building that career of her choice right now? And do you know what she said? I bet you do. Perfectly on cue, I couldn't have teed it up any better or planted the question myself in the room. She said, you can't make any money as an actress. So I have to become a lawyer, make lots of money, and then I can facilitate this side passion to maybe act in like a local theater house on the evenings and weekends. Now, I got to be honest, this was such a heartbreaking moment for me. She was about to buy a one-way ticket on the struggle train, like so many people do. They choose a career path that they don't have any interest in, but for some reason, they have a belief that this is what they were meant to do or what they have to do. Now, for those of you who are lawyers or no lawyers or have anyone in your life who is in the legal community, you know there is no such thing as spare time when you first start out. No evenings, no weekends to pursue a part-time gig or a passionate career. So she had this belief in her mind about how life was going to turn out, and it was a one-way ticket to disaster. So for me, it was a big red flag hearing this limiting belief, not only that you can't earn money doing what you love, She was also working with this other belief, right? This starving artist archetype that was existing in our society. She'd probably heard it in all these different places. So I'm happy to report that after the workshop, she changed her career path. She did not apply for law school and she pursued a career doing what she loved and she has traveled all around the world doing it. So that's the thing with limiting beliefs. When they're ours and we're in them, they seem so real. We are convinced by them and they feel like they're a fact. And the challenge with having all these beliefs imprinted in our society and sitting in our collective consciousness is that we start to limit ourselves because of them. Okay, recapping this segment. First off, I am really annoying to my clients when I ask them, with my serious Julie face, is that a fact or a belief? So I would highly suggest that you build that muscle of asking yourself that regularly. Is that a fact or a belief? A fact is just a thought that we keep thinking over and over again. Beliefs are ingrained in our core operating system and they influence how we act or when we don't act. And lastly, if enough of us hold on to a belief in our operating systems, it becomes a part of our collective consciousness and it is embedded in our culture and our society. Now, I would like to introduce you to the process of belief mapping. Through this process, we discover the beliefs that you hold in your core operating system. Think of belief mapping as the foundational part of this process where you get conscious and you reveal what your core beliefs are. We are literally 
extracting them from your subconscious mind. Then once we know what we're working with, then we move on to the next step, the belief laddering, which you'll learn about in the next episode, where you learn how to re-script the beliefs up the ladder to new, more empowering beliefs. So let's take a minute here to get clear on what a belief really is, because I know sometimes clients get confused between beliefs and affirmations or mantras. When we are mapping out your beliefs, you can think about these three levels of beliefs, either beliefs about you, about others, or about how the world is or how the world works. So a belief is something that feels really factual, such as money is the root of all evil. That's a belief. Other common examples of beliefs, I can't make money doing what I love. I'm not good at managing my own finances. It's impossible to date after a divorce. Now those are all beliefs. Whereas something such as money flows to me freely, that is what I consider more of an affirmation. Yes, it's technically a belief, but it's something more aspirational about what you want to have happen to you versus a fact about how the world actually works today. So when you say, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, that's a strong belief. That is factual for you. You are expecting that life has given you so many good things, you have to now pay for those good things by having something bad happen to you. The statement, life loves me, that is more of an affirmation. It's a really famous one, actually. Louise Hay used to use that all the time, especially in a lot of her books and talks. Life loves me. Now, that is a beautiful, powerful affirmation. I love it. I highly suggest you use it, but not in this process. That is not something I would consider as a core belief when we're doing this mapping process. All right, you just learned what the belief mapping process is. We are extracting your core beliefs from your subconscious mind and these are beliefs either about yourself about others or about the world in general all right now we dive into the process of how to do your belief mapping so first off you have to start by coming up with different categories of beliefs now because i know my clients really well i usually offer up the categories that i think they should be working under because I know what areas they need to work in, but I'm gonna give you a few suggestions in a second here to start with, okay? So question, which beliefs do you focus on? The really positive ones or the really negative ones? Well, the answer is both. What I want you to do in this whole belief mapping process is find out the strongest beliefs. Don't worry for now whether they are positive or negative okay so just suspend that label for now in the process we want to find out what the strongest beliefs are doesn't matter if they're positive or negative so what I observe with most people is that they're typically living with like an 80 20 split in their life so they're happy in 80% of the things or areas of their life and it's only that 20% where they feel stuck Often I work with people who have reached a point in their life where they have the family, the house, the car, the vacation home, all the things, and they even have a good job, but they don't feel fulfilled in that job. So that's an area where we really need to start digging around. What beliefs 
do they have about work or about career? What agreements have they made in life about what their career should be or look like? So here's the steps for belief mapping. Step one, you pick your categories. Now write down these categories out across, you know, one category per each piece of paper. And I'm going to suggest these three categories that you start with. And it's up to you to either add or subtract to these categories. All right. So the three are money, relationships, and career slash work. Now with career work, this can be your job, or if you're an entrepreneur, it could be your business. With the relationships category, I always suggest that you use the lens of romantic relationships, whether you're in one or not, because that's often where we have the most loaded beliefs in life. So either you're in a relationship and it's not where you want it to be, or you're seeking to find a partner and start a relationship. But if this doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. You can use a general lens of relationships in your life. All right, step two, you go through each category and list what beliefs you have about this area of your life. Now, when I do this with clients, I have a worksheet and I walk them through all these beliefs about each respective section. And then they go through the beliefs and they try to uncover, they cross out, they circle, and then we go from there. I can't do that with you on the podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some suggestions of ways to find beliefs and then some sample beliefs for each category, okay? So we're gonna start with the category number one of money. What are your beliefs about money? So here's a couple sentence stems that you can start writing with. So pen to paper, just start journaling, write this out and then see what comes out naturally to you, all right? So I believe that money is blank. People who have money always blank. Making a large sum of money means that blank. So find yourself in a quiet place, write out those sentence stems, and then see what comes out of you instantly. Don't overthink it. Go with your gut of what comes right out. And a few sample beliefs around money. Well, a common one, money is the root of all evil. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And I have unlimited earning potential. So take a few minutes with this section and write down as many money beliefs that you can access. Again, don't worry about whether they're positive, negative, empowering, unempowering. Just pick ones that are beliefs that you strongly hold, that you believe to be true. All right, let's go to your second category, relationships. Start by writing out these sentence stems. I believe that all relationships are the key to having a great relationship is to me being in a relationship means that all right so here's a few sample beliefs around relationships relationships take a lot of hard work all relationships end in divorce all the good people are taken All right, let's move on to your third category, career and work. So what do you believe about career and work? Here's a couple sentence stems. So making good money is blank. Having a career that I love is blank. 
To make a big impact with work, I must blank. All right, and a few sample beliefs around career. The most common, and I think I've talked about this today, I can't make good money doing what I really love. I have to work hard to get ahead. I want to make lots of money and then give back to others through charity. So, in step two, you are basically doing a brain dump of all the beliefs that you have in each categories. Now, you might not need any of my prompts, but I just made those two suggestions of general beliefs that I see. And then the sentence stems uh, are just ways for you to start journaling and then see what comes out of you. All right, step three. We review all of the beliefs that you just listed and we rank them. So not in order, but we rank them on a scale of one to 10. So read each belief out loud and then ask yourself, how strongly do I believe this to be true? If you believe it really strongly, give it a 10, that's the highest ranking. If you don't believe it strongly, then it might be more of a one or a two. That's the lowest ranking. Then five would be somewhere in the middle of the scale. Step four. Now, after you've ranked all the beliefs, go through and circle the three that you believe the strongest. They're likely the ones that you've ranked the highest, numerically, the eights, nines, the tens. We're looking for the strongest beliefs. And again, don't worry if they're positive beliefs or negative beliefs, just simply write out the strongest beliefs, the ones that feel the most emotionally charged for you. And I would suggest that you pick two to three beliefs for each category. And that's it. That is the process of belief mapping. So simple, right? So to recap the four steps, one, you pick your categories. The ones that I suggested here were money, relationships, and then work and career. Second, you brainstorm your beliefs. Three, you review the beliefs and you rank them. Give them each a ranking from one to 10. And then four, you select two to three beliefs that you hold the strongest. Okay, it's time to start wrapping up this episode on belief mapping. Now, I'm so excited for you to go through this process and really learn what your core beliefs are. It's a really, really powerful process. And I wish I could be right there with you to guide you through it. But please promise me that you will do it and ideally get someone else involved. That's the best way to be honest and accountable. You could reach out to a friend or a colleague at work, someone who will keep you accountable. Someone who is a personal development junkie, just like we are. Then in our next episode, part two of this series, I will teach you the process of belief laddering. And yes, it will blow your mind. I promise. We're going to start re-scripting those limiting beliefs and turn them into more powerful beliefs so that you can upgrade your operating system or your OS. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to share this episode. Share the love with someone who really needs to hear it. I would be so grateful if you did. And if you want to talk to me about shifting your beliefs or about any other big, hairy, audacious goals in your life, then head over to my website and book a consult with me. You can find me at thecorporateyogi.com. 
That's all for now. I'm excited for you to go through this process and then I will see you soon in episode two of this series. Today, you took a really powerful step forward in discovering who you are and what makes you tick. And remember that you are just getting started. Knowing and growing who you are is the best business investment you can ever make. So thanks for joining me today, and I hope you have an amazing day and an extraordinary week.